just not your game. You didn't make the rules, so everything comes hard. As long as you're signed to a contract, you're going to take a minority share of the winnings. A select few of us will do well. The majority will not. So as a people, we'll be considered a minority. But stop. Let's take a moment and look at yourselves. There's nothing minor about you. You are a blessed people. You're the most talented on earth, and you are still grateful. That is why upon winning in their game, you always thank God. Tonight, I would like to ask one favor of you. Imagine what we'll all be like in our own game. Peace and love for one another. How much impact has this person had on the world? Not how much money they have sitting in a bank account, not how much money they've possessed. How is their money performing? How are they acting in a reciprocal way? Not what's their return now, what's their seven generational return? How embodied are they when they are focusing on all of their energy centers of their body, when they are focusing on their chakras? That is true wealth. When we can take the power, when we know that who we really are is the one looking through the eyes of our body, when we connect with that infinite, indivisible, immortal source, we use that to become fully embodied, to engage in the wheel of life, to create well-being, then we're truly wealthy. I mean, I'm sorry. Not good morning. Grand rising to all out there. there <laughs> yeah, I know. I was almost going to Robin Williams. Good morning, Vietnam. So, uh, yes. Hello, everybody. We almost didn't have a show today. I mean, this computer was acting uh, strange this morning. Uh, so it was a tough one for me. I had my my nervous system is shot. Let's say that. But uh, we are on the air. Hopefully we make it through the show. If we do uh, disappear, you'll know why. <laughs> but 
We are excited to bring you an amazing show today with an amazing guest. We, me and Victoria met him in person, uh, Jason Picard. He's uh, just a, a Paul Czech um, practitioner. Uh, he is a guy who was on Wall Street, who made a, a, an amazing living, but then ended up finding himself imbalanced, like a lot of us do. And he ended up transforming himself into a spiritual being on top of all of the success he had there on Wall Street. So we're going to have a really deep, amazing conversation with him. He can go many, many different directions. Very, very excited to have the conversation with him today. Um, we are here on Rise TV to yeah. unlock those I3 superpowers, imagination, inspiration, intuition, to go interstellar, to have that inside explosion, to bring that uh, from the inside through the heart and out into the world. So that's how we grow in this new earth platform. And uh, this is how we find our success. I see Jaron was fixing his hair there, Victoria. Uh -oh. <laughs> did, he, did it work? No. <laughs> no. All right, so let me introduce. I am Greg Schumacher, your MC for the day and visionary. And then we also have the amazing queen of dreams, the natural nurse, the Zen LPN, Victoria, my beautiful wife. How are you, Victoria? I'm fabulous. How are you? Happy Father's Day. Yes, yes, yes. We have to mention that it is Father's Day amongst all the craziness. It was Father's Day. So, was? One, well, is. Uh, I want to say Happy Father's Day to my father and uh, all the fathers out there that work hard, that do the right things, that try their best to raise amazing children in the world. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not an easy job sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have the traveling motivational speaker, teacher of manifestation, and cosmic human design coach, my partner, my friend. Light him up, Mr. Kenyon. Jaron Kenyon, how are you, Jaron? Oh, I'm doing well. Welcome, family of light, to another beautiful Rise show. Thank you for joining us, tuning into the field with us. We are all one. We are all tuned in to assist the collective consciousness and the raising of the vibration of the planet. And you are here. We are here in the right spot on Father's Day, I have to say. I do have the greatest father in the world, the most loving father in the world. So happy Father's Day to him. I truly mean that. It made me think of a joke. You know, some people say, oh, my God, what a beautiful baby that is. And it's just not really that cute. There's some babies that are really cute and some babies that we just say it. We're like, well, oh, yeah. And then you go on the side, you're like, oh, no, that kind of looks a little weird. But no, no, this is not fake. My father is truly the most loving dad in the world. And he showed a lot of feminine and masculine qualities to me growing up and still does now. And so I'm very appreciative of you and to all the fathers out there. Victoria jokes, I'm not a father, thankfully. So <laughs> do not say happy Father's Day to Jaron, and he's happy about that. But I do have a wonderful father. And uh, what do we got here today, Jason? We've been looking forward to this for a while. I know I have. We had yeah. some synchronicities, right, Greg, with uh, and Vicky with getting connected through Paul check and then finding out he's not too far from your area. Yep. And now here he is on the show. So we're happy to have and him. And on today. Father's That's Day, he was actually willing to drive here in yeah. studio. Unfortunately, due to computer issues, yeah. we thought it was best for him to stay home. But like that's some dedication. We really appreciate that effort that he was willing to put in for us today. Yeah, absolutely. Happy and Father's Day out of all days. And, uh, you know, sometimes you say it was meant to be, right? This was the way it happened, so we're just going to say this was the, 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 the higher purpose, the higher plan of having him on us on here with Zoom 
And uh, we're really happy to bring in the man of the two hours, <laughs> uh, Jason Picard. Welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? It's so good to be here with you. Thank you so yes, much. That you. was such an energetic opening. I was really getting pumped up with all of the, <laughs> the little videos and, and yeah, it's just, it's just really cool to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Jason, uh, in the cosmic human design, uh, system, uh, me and you are both projectors. Uh, so we, we all, we both get that, uh, uh, really, uh, vibe in us when we see things that we really enjoy and the, the energy, it really gets us pumped up and, and that's where we kind of fuel ourselves from. So uh, we kind of had Jaron take a look at your, your profile or whatever. So it was pretty cool. And we'll, we'll go over that uh, at some point with you uh, in deeper detail. But um, I just thought it was cool that we we're both projectors because uh, we're both kind of architects, builders of things and, uh, and the way we live our lives is very interesting. So good stuff there. Like attracts like, huh? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Here we are. Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, the first question I wanted to ask you is when you were on Wall Street and you were making your money and you were, you know, obese and you were kind of sickly and you were, you know, whatever, but you weren't paying attention to that. You were paying attention to your goals, right? What was your meaning of life then? What would have been your definition of the meaning of life then? And then what's your meaning of life now? Well, quite simply, it was success as achievement and accomplishment and typically success coming from appreciation from others to what I would say as success as nourishment, mm. nurturing. How many people do I take care of? How well do I take care of myself and what's my impact on the world? Yeah. Isn't it interesting how, it can change just like that by finding um, your internal voice and finding that there's more to life than just making money or uh, getting that goal at work or, you know, doing these little, I guess they're, they're, they're more a, an external goal than an internal goal. Um, how did you like come about, you know, you're here, you are successful. How did you come about finding out that you, you needed to make a change? I mean, for me, honestly, it was just an absolute crisis. I was 26 years old. I was very successful. I was making millions of dollars. I was working for Paul Tudor Jones, who's one of the most successful investors, uh, the most famous, one of the most famous investors alive and probably of all time. I was ranked one of the top 30 traders under 30 years old in the world. You know, if I looked at myself from a financial perspective, I was more successful than any of my friends I went to high school with, any of the people who were in the front of the room raising their hand while I was sitting in the back, you know, waiting for it to end. I, I, I just, you know, from all measures had just leaps and bounds surpassed them. But despite all the financial wealth, I was physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually broke. I was in a real crisis. I was in a really precarious state of health. I was 26 years old and I was on my way to becoming the youngest partner ever at this world famous hedge fund. But despite that, I had no health. I had no love in my life. And I was quite sick, obese, and in, in a lot of danger of probably not having a very long life. Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, if that if I had kept down that path. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's talk to Jaron here real quick. Jaron, how important is balance in life, and uh, how do we why do why do we get so whacked out? You know, so far off the path of balance. Wow, it's not calling on me already. Yeah, I mean, I think the balance is really vitally important right now for all of us because I think we we tend to focus on one area that we're our motive is on a little bit too much. And you know what I was thinking aside from balance was this aspect of not transforming ourselves until we reach that threshold of having to, which is common, right? We all have that. We have that. Um, I was watching a movie the other day. I forget what it's called with uh, Keanu Reeves. It's the one where he, he comes as an alien to Earth. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe some of you do. Mm-hmm. But they have, this, they have this part in there where he's speaking to like this really intelligent philosopher, mathematician guy. And the guy is saying, well, wait a minute, at the precipice of change is when people will. And he's talking about it. And Keanu says, no, no, we can't. Your species is done with. And he goes, well, wait, what about yours? What happened? And he says something about how the sun, their sun was, was, was dying. So they had to make some kind of shift in order to survive. And he goes, see, see, you also were at the precipice of having to change. And that's when people do. That's when the the species change when it has to. And the reason I say this now is because I've had those moments. Jason's had his own moments, you know, and that's okay. But what, as we truly move forward in time here in this new earth or this Terra plane, we don't have to wait to those precipices. We can start to begin to notice and contemplate on the imbalances earlier rather than later. And we can kind of sustain a greater balance if we come from the spirit Take a look mentally, take a look physically, take a look emotionally, take a look environmentally, take a look relationshiply or finances or purpose or on and on and and actually see it, you know, reflect, self-reflect and see it for what it is and be honest with yourself. Instead of going through these challenges most of us go through, we eventually just have to triumph. And that's what um, it just made me think of that movie and that part. And it's like, it's a greatness. Sure. It's a greatness that we can reach these places and then make transformations. But what if we could remember earlier and we could aim and intend to be balanced? Like, what if we could look at life that way on a regular basis? We'd all be much happier. We'd all be much healthier. We'd all be much wealthier. We'd all have greater relationships. And I think that's more of where I was feeling. Yeah. And I think Vicky brought up a good point is that we're not raised in society um, that way to think that way, right? We're, th- we're, we're taught to go a certain direction. A lot of times it's not a direction we even care about, right? We're nature like, we're not even happy about it. We're not even passionate about it. Well, no, it's, it's, you know, you grow up, you obey your parents, you know, you want to be a good social person in society. So I get, you know, the obedience and the respect and everything, um, which we've lost a lot of over the last few years, but you know, it's that white picket, picket fence dream, the American dream of, you get your, you go to high school, you go to college, you get married, you buy a house, and you have a kid, right? Like, that's what they always pushed, and that made it seem they. That's like, what am I trying to say? Um, like that was the most important thing that was to be your goal in life. Um, when in the end, it's 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 really not. Um, do we all eventually get there? Yeah, but that doesn't have to be in that um, direct um, events, like current events. Of It doesn't have to go in that order. It's, it's not a end-all, be-all if it doesn't happen the way that they expect it to happen. Um, 
and we're not taught, you know, emotional um, support, how to tame our emotions, meditation. Um, we're not taught financially how to support ourselves, um, needs versus wants, right? It's all about um, supply and demand and the new best thing. And I don't, it's, it's nature versus nurture. Like, what are you teaching your children in regards to how they should abundantly live their life? Yeah. And, you know, we're not really taught to be entrepreneurs in through school well, and all that kind of be. stuff. So, uh, you know, Jason, when you're, you know, in this transformation, do you believe that people come into your life for a purpose that, that you found certain people to, because you were asking for the guru to be shown or the, the mentor or the coach to be shown and they found you? Well, you know, in a lot of ways, this came out of my my crisis, you know, if we look back at all of these painful moments of our life, you know, I think we realize that those are the ones that actually taught us taught us the most about who we really are. Yeah. yeah. If we look back at all of the happy moments, all of the easy moments, I think we realize that we learned a lot more from the difficult, challenging moments. That's where we learned the resiliency. That's where we found who we truly are. And it was in those moments that I was, you know, led to the people that actually helped me, you know, find, um, find myself and pull, pull me out of this mess. You know, you talk about this concept of balance and it's really interesting because for me, it can be really represented in this symbol, you know, the namaste it's, I'm not here. I'm not here. It's not too much. I'm not too little. It's in the middle. And people have this idea about abundance because, you know, my course is the abundance archetype. And that's kind of my mission now is to spread abundance. And people have this idea of abundance as everything's always good and everything's always easy. And you just have this like easy go lucky life and you have tons of money and everything always goes your way. But that's not what I found the case to be. In fact, what I found abundance to be is essentially is that balance. It is that equanimity, it's that equipoise, it's that equilibrium. The word abundance comes etymologically from the root word unda, U-N-D-A. And unda then leads you to varuna, which is the personified laws of nature, the intelligence of water. So abundance is literally unto us. We are 80% or 99% by molecular count water. And so abundance is your ability to flow with life. It's having that fluidity and that fluidity brings a different kind of affluence. And the peak of yogic perfection, the peak of Buddhism, the peak of Taoism is not about having unlimited happiness. Happiness comes from the word happenstance, which means to be lucky. To be happy is to be lucky, but we know that based on the laws of polarity, that if you have happiness, it also must come with sadness. If you have pleasure, it must come with pain. And this abundance is that you can find that balance point, despite what's going on in your life, despite the circumstances, many of them which are out of our control. How do we remain abundant when we're locked down? How do we remain abundant with the things in our life, the myriad of things that we ultimately can't control? And if we stay balanced through them, if we know who we really, truly are, we stand true to our values, we know what we stand for, and we never deviate, 
that is the ultimate level of abundance. And I'll give just one example. When I was reading Viktor Frankl's book, A Man's Search for Meaning, he talks about being in the Holocaust in a concentration camp and watching Jews being marched to their death in a gas chamber, singing and chanting songs for life. Their songs were saying yes to life. And this really shook him quite a bit, and it really shook me. I'm sure anyone listening to that can, can ask themselves, how does somebody say yes to life when they're in such horrible circumstances? But to me, that is abundance, right? You're like, how is that abundance? How, you know, how are you abundant when you're being walked to your death? Well, no matter what life throws at you, even if you're on in the most horrible circumstances, you still say yes to life. And when you can stay true to that, you are truly abundant. Wow. <clears throat> Some powerful stuff there. And I've never quite heard it, heard it put that way, but, um, it, it reminds me a little bit of the V for Vendetta movie. Um, when he locked her away, it was, it was a, it was a on purpose to train her, but he locked her away in a prison <clears throat> and, um, was pretending she was stuck there and he gave her just a little hope and that little hope is what he taught her is the inch they can't take you take away from you they can take everything else away from you but they can't take that inch and that sounds like what that is it's that abundant mindset no matter what's going on you can feel a certain way even though you are in circumstances that are not so not so good you know even yeah. you know you hear about people who survive things that they're stuck out in the woods or they have a broken leg in the middle of nowhere and somehow they kept themselves alive for enough time to get saved. Um, they had to keep themselves in a, a mindset that, that kept them going, right? And kept them motivated to, to live and to be uh, in that. And sometimes it is singing to yourself or doing things that are, that are, are going to lift your spirits and your soul. Uh, Jaron, any comments on that? I just want to comment on the aspect of, um, you know, we can look into nature and get a lot of cues, clues for ourselves, right? In order to move ourselves into cosmic harmony and to remember the, the, what is the real protection? What is the real sustenance? What is the real life-giving energy? And it doesn't come from the collective ego and its programs, which is a little bit what Victoria was mentioning earlier, you know, of what we're taught. And when people are conditioned into that, this is how you survive. This is how you're a good person. This is how you're successful. It feeds a system that isn't natural. Mm -hmm. Natural is the way. And that's what our cosmic human design is about doing, assisting us and seeing what is natural for us so that we literally just be it, accept it, embrace it, enjoy it. Um, being in naturalness with the cosmic cycles. When you are, there's not even this element of power needed. You're in that flow. I love he brings up water, but I had an interview, um, many of you may have been seeing, but I've been running through the Oracle of the Cosmic Way and the Cosmic Human Design with Emily on Quantum Stellar Initiative. And in the third video that we did, which is up on Rumble in her telegram, we talked about number two, which is nature, nature and the cosmos. And that's what he made me think, Jason, when you were mentioning it, because we have such abundance and support and balance when we perceive truly Right. We and when we welcome and immerse ourselves in the fact that there is an infinite kingdom of support 
inside of us and outside of us. And we have cosmic help all the time. We have natural world help all the time, visible and invisible. Everything is on your side. And so in finality, it's us at this forefront, remembering that the cosmos, nature, prime creator, all of these phrases and images and feelings and vibrations, they love us. It loves us as you love you. And it wants to support you. It wants to nurture you. It's not a, uh, this, this cosmos is not this force over us that we have to hide from or do well enough in order to survive or to make something happy, like a deity above us. It's not. It's loving, it's supporting, it's nurturing. And it's always there for you once you become one with it again. And we are remembering to become one with it. And that the true cosmos is always there on your side and will provide you also like water with exactly what it is you need, whether a remedy or whether an enhancement or whether a synergistic aspect to your life through another person. As you are natural and you are one with it and you are intending on the highest. And then when the negatives show up, Embrace it, learn from it, like Jason said, and perceive from the middle. What is it I'm learning? What is it can I transform? What is it I'm saying no to, the inner no? What is it I'm adding in? What is it I need to put more attention and time on to rebalance out? It's all perception and oneness and unity and recognizing the wealth that is always existent, but it cannot when we are in that ego and collective ego and its groups idea of reality that puts us into that parallel reality and, and blocks the natural flow from providing abundance to us at all times. Yeah. I, I, uh, I just wanted to give a call to action to everybody out there that we have a live chat board. If you guys want to just kind of either say hi or, or just tell us where you're from, because it's always fun to see where people are, are watching from. So, um, I'd you know, love to riff on what Jared yeah, said. Go ahead. It's okay. Yeah. So, you know, nature is naturally abundant. Look what happens when we were in the COVID lockdowns and we didn't go out into nature for a period of time. It totally recreated itself, right? I mean, you, you, we heard all these reports of dolphins coming back and wolves coming back and air cleaning up in cities that have had terrible pollution, right? Nature is naturally abundant. Nature, nature has an abundant rhythm and it has an unbelievable intelligence. And we have divorced ourselves <laughs> from this concept that the whole universe, nature herself, has an unbelievable intelligence. Mm. And most of us go about our life doing these rituals. We do these rituals, you know, we get up, we exercise. I mean, not, you know, many of us, let's just say in the rise community, probably most of the world's not doing anything. But for those of us that are trying to live a healthy life, we have various rituals, we get up, you know, we eat a certain way, um, we exercise, we meditate, we do whatever practices we do, maybe a cold shower or, or what, what sauna or what have you. But I think often even us that do these things forget why we're doing them. And if you look at the word ritual, it comes from the Sanskrit word, the ritam. And ritam, you can hear it in the word, has the root word ri, R-I-T-A-M. And the ri 
is the intelligence in nature. That's where we get the words creativity, reading, writing, arithmetic, rhythm. And so when we do rituals, the point is to be in relationship with nature. It's asking nature, show me how I can be like you to get up with the sun, to be naturally abundant like the sun, to spend time with water, to be naturally abundant like water and so forth. And I think that this is absolutely essential to our ability to thrive in the future. We have artificial intelligence right now that is likely going to be taking many of our jobs if it hasn't already. What artificial intelligence does very well is the left brain logical linear type of analysis. It can search the internet in milliseconds or fractions of a millisecond and do things that we couldn't compute. You know, we could barely remember our phone numbers anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, but what does artificial what does artificial intelligence not have? And that is essential for us to answer. We must know what is our competitive edge of being human? What separates us? What actually makes us human? Well, we have billions of years of intelligence in our body. Our body is so intelligent, right? Think about the intelligence that's breathing for us right now as we're trying to do this pot, uh, this interview that's digesting our breakfast, that's beating our heart, that keeps us alive at night when we sleep and we're dreaming. We have the ability to connect to our heart. Our heart has infinite intelligence. Our heart can access our intuition, our creativity, our innovation, all of the eyes, inspiration, imagination, intuition that you mentioned earlier. We have our gut instincts. We have our ability to dream. Dreaming is the most incredible official intelligence. And we have the ability to connect and be in relationship with the laws of nature. And I think that many of us have been divorced, as I said, from this intelligence, from this divine intelligence. We have been accustomed to think of it as either judgmental or not non-existent. But I want to ask the listeners today, what would it be like if, if you could imagine that this intelligence was just waiting to play with you, what would it be like to wake up today or tomorrow and imagine that this intelligence was there almost ready to flirt with you like a teenager passing you a love note? <laughs> what would it be like to live your life like that? And how would that be different? And my experience is that this intelligence is waiting there. It is waiting there to co-collaborate with us, to teach us, to inform us, and to make us naturally abundant like them. Wow, great, great stuff there. Very powerful, Jason. Um, I see why Paul Check recommended you. <laughs> no, but it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, the we we tend to go through life in a very programmed way, obviously, but we also are very harsh. We don't listen to life. We don't take the feminine approach and let life guide us and, and flow with life a lot of times. We're always pushing, pushing, pushing. And when we just relax a little bit and allow life to, to guide us, 
to feel that intelligence inside through our heart, we start to really understand life. And then you, like you said, start living the abundance of it, right? That's where we find the abundance. It's when we stop pushing so much and we find the abundance, right? That a lot of times we're pushing so hard and we're, 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 we're overdoing everything and it's just burning out every end of life and its goal and its gifts to you. <laughs> you're, you're burning them right out. So we want to be able to receive, right? We were not a very good receiving people. So yeah. receive. I think that that's so important because one of the things that I recognized in my Wall Street career, career and beyond was that the markets we invest in or even our businesses or even let's say Rise TV, there is an intelligence behind it. The laws of nature are moving through Rise TV. And for me, when I created my Abundance Archetype course, when I tried to do it with my left brain, when I tried to sit down and figure it all out, how am I going to put the pieces together? How am I going to take all of these things that I learned? How am I going to make a map? I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I had draft after draft after draft. And it was one day when I was sitting under a pecan tree on a hunting trip down in Texas where I just let go and laid there and listened and momentarily had this insight that I am not the creator of my course. I work for her. She has her own intelligence. She has her own dreams, her own moods, her limits, her boundaries. And I recognize that even the markets that we invest in actually have an intelligence. Rise TV has its own intelligence that is moving through the three of you that is bringing together all of the people that are listening to this show and bringing together all of the guests. And what would it be like to spend a few minutes listening to that intelligence, being receptive? You know, we can wake up each day and we can think about what guests should we have on? How should we market the show? Where should we put money? How should we structure it? And that's all really good and helpful. But what if we spent five minutes, just five minutes listening what what is the intelligence behind our businesses and where, where what is it telling us it wants to go and where it wants to go and how can we help facilitate that and to me that was a really revolutionary idea and i'm not saying throw away all of the other things that we do because it's really important but we focus so much on quantity in our in our world but there's this whole way of quality and that quality comes from listening and being receptive. And it's it's the more of the, the feminine approach without really locking that into a gender, but it is. And that quality leads to quantum, quality over quantity. And I love this conversation. I have to say personally for me, of course, there's been some other shows, there's been some other moments that I find like really you know unique and, and, and wonderful. But really, if I summed it up, I'd say this last half hour, to me is the most highest vibrational and important messages we could ever be delivering through this medium of Rise TV as conduits here in Synergy. Like this is really, you know, powerful stuff. And yet so, and when you get down to it, <clears throat> so simplistic and so natural when we remember these themes and, you know, I can't help it. It's funny. I was, thinking of my segment of what I was going to do this morning. Sometimes I have an idea earlier in the week, right? It'll pop in. I'll intuit it. Today I didn't. I'm walking around, but I know it'll come. I'm asking nature. I'm asking my body. You know, it's less 
intentional and more of inquiring. And it pops up about, you know, today I'm going to talk about approaching jointly and what that hexagon represents, you and nature, right? I love it. I love the synchronicity. I had no idea we were going to be talking about this, but I can even see the symphony and the synchronicity in my own life as I'm asking her, my body and the cosmos itself, what do I talk about? And lastly, I want to mention this, this thing. We've been talking about this lately, this, this idea. Some people put spells on or, uh, what they view as technology or artificial intelligence being this bad thing and this wrong thing. Right. And then some people over identify to it and think it's the answer and want to give into it and whatever. And I look at it as harmony again and recognizing that everything that we view as technology or, you know, human anything innovation that has been translated beyond our abilities has organic element in it and in it. And it is consciousness. It is intelligence and it is natural and organic infinite intelligence, which is also what you know, Jason is mentioning here, it's like, there is a system behind the system of rawness, the 64 bit systems that make up the technology, that is the human vehicle, as well, that is organic matter, the 64 bit system, the zeros and ones, which also are what masculine and feminine, that's what you're looking at when you're looking at your chart, you're looking at your technology, which is natural. And that natural technology is what governs and is in harmony everywhere else, no matter what it's through. And there's life in it. So it's all in how we view it, perceive it, and are one with it. When we are consciously observing anything, you will feel and see the life in it. And that consciousness or that technology even, which is alive at its source, works with you. So it goes back to everything. Is something controlling me? Am I being controlled by it or... Am I killing it? Am I using it? Am I, you know, raping it? That leads to all this kind of karmic debris we don't want. But if we're true, in harmony, in gratitude, in appreciation, supporting like a parent and being humble like a child, right? We are at one with it and everything else that comes from it, you know, all comes from this organic intelligence that you're mentioning, Jason, that is everywhere and in our bodies, like you mentioned, everywhere. I mean, I, it's funny, you're saying things I was just saying all the, the last week on my own talks, in your own words, and they were so eloquent. And, and I have to say, I really say this for the rise people that have been watching this for a long time. To me, this is the real stuff. To me, this is really, really, really where the student becomes a greater master, which makes you also a greater student again. Because the more you think you know, the more you don't know. <laughs> and, and the balance is that 369, right? That pineal midbrain and the nine, and then the left and right brain, three and six. And to me, it's about balance of them too. We aren't destroying the left. Our, our view of even the left is incorrect. It's the balance. It's the yin and the yang coming from what? your prime consciousness, which is what? Your intuition, your imagination, your conceiver, right? Your ability to intuit. And it's all about balance and it's all about oneness and it's all about recognizing the beauty and the intelligence and the love that is everywhere through everything in the movie that you're watching right now that you identify as random or compartmentalized. It's not, it's all quantum, it's all one and it's all about your relation with it. 
Excellent stuff there, Jaron. Uh, Jason, I have many questions for you, but we're going to move into our intros. We do have a different segment today because Victoria has to leave early. Uh, she has to bring my son to uh, his band. So um, she's going to be doing the Sunshine News first at 11 o'clock. So um, we're going to be doing that today, and then we'll, we'll do the other segments in the second half, and we'll finish up the show with the Boys Club. Me, Jaron, and Jason. So, all right, let's get to our intros here. Grab the music. I have to do something different because, uh, in the midst of all the stuff this morning, my music went down. So, there we go. Gotta bring it in differently. Okay. Rise TV is a barrier breaking variety show about business and self development and human evolution with long form conversations hosted by visionaries, educators, ed and entertainers. Jaron Kenyon, Victoria Schumacher, and Greg Schumacher, with incredible world-class game changers of friends and guests that have included speakers, influencers, musicians, entrepreneurs, doctors, hypnotists, authors, artists, coaches, and beyond. Our goal is to assist humanity in discovering their true potential and power, which is only from within. Through books, courses, schools, shows, seminars, summits, retreats, private coaching, and more, Team Rise will take your vision to a new frontier of quantum thrusting forward, a new way of living and co-creating on Earth. Victoria Schumacher. She's a manifesting generator in the cosmic human design system. She's an active nurse for over 12 years. She's a wife, mother, warrior, and social butterfly. She is a believer in celebrating raw self-expression investigating and tirelessly exploring all avenues of the truth. Victoria is also an ordained minister, along with her husband. If you're getting married, why not her or the both of us to marry you? <laughs> Jaron Kenyon, he's a manifesting generator in a cosmic human design system. He's a traveling motivational speaker, teacher of manifestation, and believes human uh, cosmic human design is the internet of human beings. Jaron studied from a pilgrims to India with guru Dr. Palai. He then became a life mastery consultant through Mary Morrissey and Bob Proctor's organization. He also holds strong wisdom in quantum physics and Nikola Tesla mathematics. Jaron, as a coach, gives you lifelong tools to keep you ascending in your life with ease. Work privately with Jaron. Jaron at jaronkenyon.com. On to you, Jaron. All right, Mr. Greg Schumacher, who is projector in the cosmic human design system. And Many of you have seen enough of me chatting about this subject, so we won't say much other than what we are using here is not your standard tropical astrology. We are using 13 signs, we are using the correct constellation sizes, and we are using the correct present day sky as it goes through its shifts and changes through its precision to give an accurate lens at who and what you are and how you function using the true cosmos. If you took the telescope out and looked into the sky, or you could say, how the creation has been created through Prime Creator and our visibility of it, we're using what's real and true. So you cannot access this anywhere else for this purity of math other than CosmicHumanDesign.com. Greg is a projector in that system, an architect, yes, a visionary, yes, a guide, an advisor, an evaluator, and a seer of talent, and a flower of functions of systems. So Greg is a visionary leader and a transformational business coach as well. He brings his clients directly to their inner truth, which is so vitally important, the inner truth. You cannot find it outside. You will find it inside and to your freedom of expansion. Greg will masterfully guide you to get to the core of your uh, challenges and help release the negativity, the doubt, the fear, and to usher into a business and personal life of passion, purpose, and prosperity. 
He comes from a long lineage of inventors and innovators, and he's continuing the tradition with cutting edge ways of helping humanity. You can work with Greg or check out some of his variety of books he's developed for adults and for children, Manifestation, The Like Fitness, and The Rise Code that'll be coming out soon at risemediatv.com. And of course, stay tuned, as Greg has mentioned, Victoria will be doing the Sunshine News. We're going to have our climax a little early today, so we're not going <laughs> to wait to the end. We're going to have a little early. I'll be leading us into afterwards. the manifestation moment. <laughs> the manifestation moment, and Greg will be leading us through the Greg Schumacher experience, as always. All right, let's quickly run through. Uh, next week, we have the Certified Health Nut on with us. Uh, we're looking forward to that. He is uh, an amazing dude. I think he's got... The most shirt off pictures on the internet, but uh, he'll be he'll be a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, he's a great guy. We also have, as mentioned, uh, Jaron mentioned, the School of Ohm on Wednesday nights. This is live, 9 p.m. Eastern. Lots of great reviews. Join us to help really focus on where we're going in the future here as a collective. Great stuff there. We also have the Quantum Business School. We're working as coaches with Lee. Over there, we have a free workshop that is coming up uh, Saturday, the 24th of June. Uh, go over to our website, uh, risemediatv.com, and then just look for the link tree. It's right at the top, and it will show you where that free workshop is. You can sign up. So check that out. Yep, you have to register. Go yep. register if yes. you want it to come to this free workshop yeah. absolutely it's a, it's a, gonna be an amazing workshop me and jaron have some really powerful stuff for that and then also the rise code uh as jaron mentioned this is coming out shortly me and jaron uh have co-authored this and uh we are just about finished it's getting edited and we have a few more things probably we're gonna throw in there but other than that it's gonna be good to go very shortly thank you to all those people who have pre-ordered already uh, amazing stuff and uh Really uh, happy about that and uh, looking forward to bringing that to the world. Okay, on to Jason Picard. Uh, he made his mark in the world of finance as a very successful portfolio manager with a large hedge fund, but making that incredible lucrative living left him sick, obese, and psychologically small. Um, which can happen a lot, that imbalancedness. Uh, Jason described his incredible transformation to whole health inside and out, thanks to the four doctors and his spiritual relationship with Paul Check that has evolved him. And uh, he's just doing fantastic now. He's got his own website here. He's got his own program. So uh, let's see if I can bring that over real quick. Um, Jason, tell us, tell us a little bit about your relationship with Paul Check and the four doctors and how that <coughs> transformed your life as I bring your website over. Sure. I'd love to. And I'd love to go back after that and talk a little bit on what Jaron was speaking about, about this, this connection and this intelligence and everything that we see. I, I just, it really brought up a lot of interesting points that I think are relevant for not only living a healthier life, but also living a wealthier life as well. But before we do that, so yeah, I, you know, I told you a little bit about the beginning of my journey. I had made a lot of money. I was on Wall Street. I was 26 years old, but I found myself being 330 pounds and mm. being in a very precarious state of health. And uh, I was quite sick and quite, quite messed up. We'll just sit, leave it at that. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know um, if anyone has ever been obese that's listening, but it, it is a very difficult place to be. It is very challenging. 
for many different reasons, as you can imagine, and may, may not imagine some of the things, but uh, it was a very tough spot. And at that point, I, I happened to meet um, a Czech professional in New York City where I was living, a gentleman named Chaba Lucas, who had a very sort of basic understanding of Paul Czech's work at that time. He had a, a, a large, vast knowledge of other things, but he had enough to introduce me to the Czech system. And I spent two years with him in sort of an underground basement in New York City down in the financial district, just grinding it out in the gym. I mean, just total no pain, no gain, um, moving that weight around and just really, really in, in working really hard, to be honest, you know, really working hard and um, lost 170 pounds over a two year period. Wow. Awesome. But I, I, I found myself, interestingly, not having changed on the inside after having done that. You know, my body was different. People looked at me differently. My friends and parents weren't really afraid for me anymore, but I didn't feel that much different. I still felt like I was living kind of in flatland. You know, I was still kind of depressed. I still didn't have meaningful relationships. I didn't really feel love for others or myself. And so now I was in this situation where I had made money and that didn't bring me this sense of inner peace. Now I actually had the physical body that I had dreamed of and that didn't bring me inner peace either. And I asked myself, well, what is it then? Where is this thing I'm looking for? And that's when I met Paul Check in 2009 and ultimately realized that this was an inner journey that this this fulfillment this peace this purposefulness this love i was looking for couldn't come from my bank account couldn't come even from my physical body had to come from a place inside myself and that's when he introduced me to the four doctors which were essentially the last four doctors that i have ever needed and those are Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement, and Dr. Happiness. And Paul reduced those four things as the key four essential things that anyone needs in order to be healthy. If you have any one of those missing, if you have sleep, exercise, and happiness, but no diet, you have a wheel that can't roll. If you have diet, if you have exercise and you have happiness, but you have no sleep, you have a problem. And so those are the really the four essential things. And when you get those four things in order, metaphorically, you do not need to see a doctor ever again. You have found um, eternal youth, so to speak, or eternal health. And so I really integrated those things in my life. And the paradox of it was here I met somebody who I don't think went beyond the fifth grade or ninth grade. I can't remember, but he did not graduate high school. I'm not even sure if he went to high school. I can't remember exactly, but he had a very low level of traditional education. Yet he was teaching me things I never learned at the University of Virginia, one of the top universities in the world. I never learned on Wall Street, sitting with some of the greatest, smartest minds that our country has. And I never learned in any of my, you know, 18 years or 15 years of, you know, lower in high school education. I never learned how to eat for my body type. 
I never learned how to effectively move my body. I never learned how to sleep or what, or what sleep hygiene was. And I never learned what happiness was for me. What did I love to do? What brought me authentic joy? How to create, how to make love. And that was this sort of, you know, mic drop moment for me where I realized, wow, there was so much more out there that I didn't know despite having been at the top of my game in terms of, you know, the mainstream world, having been educated at a very high level, I realized I didn't know that much. <laughs> and that started, a, a, you know, a 14, 15 year journey with him that I, I still cherish and um, appreciate and um, share today. Yeah, uh, Paul is a very powerful person and we had him on the show and he was just so loving and so um team oriented he he's such a, a great person and uh i really enjoy him because i i admired what he said for years and years and i followed a lot of his uh teachings um you know through social media and different places um and then uh we have some local people here around albany and saratoga and new york that have trained under him um so you know, he was always somebody that was kind of around the background of who I was. Like I was pulling things from him and learning things. And then when I met him in person uh, here and, and, and just even the chats afterwards we've had, I, he, he's just such a deep-rooted, amazing person. He just really wants to see people live the right way. And, you know, he has that powerful uh, nature about him um, of – affecting your life just by talking to you for a little bit you know you're like wow i just learned like a million things in, in, that i haven't ever thought about in that way uh, jaron you wanted to say something about him oh yeah i just, just nature you said a key word there natural <laughs> real there's a realness there's a realness and you can feel that right you can feel that when you when you recognize you know this is not a pedestal thing right we're all learning we're all growing we're all expanding right. but when you recognize the inner truth of someone emanated and you recognize true purity in intention of support and natural realness being real. You know, we've been so conditioned to not be real that we're stripping off what is artificial. We think it's in technology and all this other stuff. No, it's not. It's in our, <laughs> it's in our programs. We're stripping it off and we want to be real. We want to be natural, the real us, the true us. And, you know, that's what you could feel to me with politics. That's what you can feel with Jason. If I, I know every single person watching this show can feel that. And it's, again, it's just an, we're all unique. It's not a special, but it's, are you being your uniqueness humbly as you are now? And are you a purity of heart to mind of where we will all go and what our intentions are? And so that's what makes me think of that. And I know that Jason also had I'm sure a lot of great stuff to share us, as you said, you wanted to continue the conversation on that. <laughs> yeah, let me just yeah. grab uh, Vicky quick. Uh, Vicky, you wanted to say something about Paul? I heard you kind of piping up there. I'll check. Um, I was kind of whispering about something else. But oh, I'll go with okay. it. <laughs> as I have like four minutes to get the sunshine news together. Um, no, he, uh, I mean, I, I didn't know about Paul Check until I met Greg. And I mean, he's, he's not being... Um, like, <laughs> I don't even know the word for it, 
um, over-exaggerating when he says that he really followed him um, for many years. He was very fascinated by Paul Chuck and the things that he says and does and everything, and he's a very powerful man. He hit home for me a couple times on the show and um, made me a, a little emotional <laughs> on the occasion during the show. He's, he's definitely a powerful person, and I'm honored that I met him and are meeting all these other great human beings through him as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead, Jason. Uh, you want to finish up on, on uh, your journey there or, uh, or move into uh, what you wanted to say there? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, I just love Paul to death and just very appreciative of meeting you through him. You know, one of the things that really turned me on when I first met him was he made healthy living fun for me. Mm. Mm. I thought it was this dry thing, like <laughs> lean, lean turkey breasts and broccoli and you know, two hours in the gym every day. Like, uh, and I, I went out and, and I met him and it was just, wow, it's, it's fun to eat healthy. Mm. It's fun to move my body. It's fun to play and create. It's fun to stack rocks. It's fun to live well. You know, it's not like you're giving up anything. It's just like a refinement of your taste. It's like moving from box wine to like a 40 year, you know, mature <laughs> refinement. You know, I think that that's really what it comes down to is that this spiritual life is just that we have a refined taste for beauty. You know, I think that this whole concept of nature that we've been divorced from is we're not asking the questions of who or what created all of this beauty. You know, science will look at a hummingbird and will tell you how many times per second the hummingbird can flap its wings. I think it's like 70 or something mm -hmm. crazy. But it stops there. It doesn't say who or what created the hummingbird. What is this intelligence that created this amazing, magnificent beauty? We live in a world where we think it's random. We think that there was just this big bang of things just colliding together and somehow it just produced this incredible earth that we live in. You know, the, I was just thinking about this last night. The, the, the moon is 108 times its diameter distance from the earth. And the sun is 108 times its diameter distance from the earth as well. And at different times of the year, the sun and the moon and the earth will line up and they'll appear to be exactly the same size, which is what causes an eclipse. Mm. And these things are moving in 25,900 year cycles around each other while the earth is moving 67,000 miles per hour in space with the moon orbiting us while we're orbiting the sun at the same time. You know, we think our corporations are intelligent. We walk into a museum and we see art on the wall and we think, oh, there must have been a director and a human resources person and an artist and the person who opens the door in the morning and cleans the floors. And there's an intelligence behind all of it. But somehow we stop there. We don't realize that we're the species that was designed to look up at the stars, to look up at the planets, to realizing that we're living in a purposeful, intelligent universe. And how can that work in our life? And for me, when I realized that everything, you know, Jaron um, talked about synchronicities. 
Synchronicities are connecting the invisible dots, the, seems, the things that don't seem to connect, but that do connect. But our ancient ancestors knew these things. They studied the planets. They studied the cycles of the moon. They studied these subtle impacts on all of us. And they made and they connected these invisible dots. And we walk around like 99% of the world is known to us. But the reality is we would be a lot more abundant if we opened up our eyes and said that 99% of the world is mostly unknown to us. And just engage with a perspective of what if there was something more out there? What if there's more that we can tap into? How do we take this information and bring it into formation? And Jaron talked a lot about the right and the left brain. And to me, this is the playground of geniuses. It's all about the tension between separation and return. Mm -hmm. Just think about your loved ones for a moment. Do you have a stronger emotion when you're with them or when you're apart from them? Often when we're with our partners, we can take things for granted. I see my kids every day. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm busy. I'm in my office. I'm doing my work. But it's only in those moments when I'm apart from them do I have this like, I can't stand it. I need to be back with them. I need to be with them. I, I miss them so much. The same is true in business, is that there has to be this separation and this return, this working and this resting, this left brain and this right brain. And all of that, when it comes together, is how we create love, is how we create wealth, is how we create true success. And engaging in the universe like it's intelligent. From that way, our dreams at night are here to inform us. Our body symptoms are here to inform us. All of these little nonverbal flirts or things that catch our attention, our fantasies, our daydreams, people we meet, all of these things are intelligent and they're here to awaken us to our true potential and guide us into abundance. Wow. You're, you're a, a true philosopher, man. It's amazing. Uh, that's great stuff there and uh, powerful. Um, you know, you're, you're a wordsmith in some ways uh, with, with some of these things because it's, it's a way that I would love to articulate them, but you just articulated them in such a great way. It's amazing. So, um, well, I have to give a lot of credit to many of the teachers. You know, I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, really. Um, I had a lot of privileges that came to me from being successful in Wall Street. I earned a lot of money, and that enabled me to go and work with Paul Check and Jeffrey Armstrong, my yoga teacher, and a, a long, long list of great masters that I've studied with that would be too long to list right now because we'd probably <laughs> miss the sunshine news. <laughs> but the reality is, is that, you know, I'm part of, of many lineages, and I've learned from many people, but I've also looked at my privileges as a responsibility and ultimately, I feel like this is my life path. I'll just share one quick thing with you is that in my work in process oriented psychology that I study with Dr. Arnold Mendel, I studied to be, um, I'm a process worker and I'm in, in the process of uh, getting a um, advanced diploma after many, many years of studying there to become a teacher of process work. But one of the things that Dr. Arnold Mendel talks about is that our earliest childhood memories actually hold the keys 
to our life purpose and, and true fulfillment for us. And one of my earliest childhood memories was coming home with my first report card at age of six or seven and bringing it home to my mom, giving it to my mom, expecting I was going to get a present or a reward of some sort or get taken to a toy store, probably to buy He-Man or whatever was cool back then. <laughs> and my mom looking at the report card and telling to me, telling me that, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't good enough. That didn't meet the expectations to get a reward. Wow. And my little seven-year-old self totally flipped out. I threw myself in the air like a complete <laughs> tantrum. I hit my head on this flower pot. Oh, no. Cracked open my head oh. had to, to the hospital and had a, a bunch of stitches in the hospital. Ouch. But here's the interesting thing about that, and I'll kind of tie it all back together, is that in that moment, it set up my core wounding and my core power. My core wounding was that I was constantly searching for that A on that report card. That pushed me through all of my schooling to try to get that grade, to try to get that appreciation, to get that achievement, which was my definition then of success, like I told you about earlier. I went into a career where I had a moment-to-moment -moment report card as a trader. And ultimately, though, it never really filled me and it pushed me to also be 330 pounds and obese and never really feel that inner fulfillment because I was always looking for it for the outside. But at the same time, it was my core power and then it made me super successful. And interestingly, it made me a very good student. And that same core wounding and core power was what made me go to see Paul Check and Jeffrey Armstrong and White Eagle Medicine Woman and all these amazing people that I've studied for and I've become the best student of all these different people. But ultimately in those dreams, you have to look at what was missing and what's missing often leads to what you're becoming. So for me, what's missing was the teacher, the wise elder, the wisdom person. And that's ultimately what my life has been bringing me towards in this moment. It's also the mother is in the dream, the one to find and how do I find that inner feminine and nurture myself. And so really my whole life has been leading to this moment. And yes, I think I can articulate these things quite well after a lot of practice, but I, I just need to give um, credit to all of the people that have, have supported me to get here. Great stuff, Jason. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, amazing stories there. And, um, I, that, that's quite the story of you when you're a child. And I, I wonder what, I, if I went back and, and thought about it, what, what my moment would be where I remember something huge like that and see where it forked me off. But crazy It's really stuff. fascinating. I'll, I'll just say this is if you go back mm -hmm. and you look at your earliest childhood memories, it's like all of these kind of things happened and they were seemingly inconsequential. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like we were leaving breadcrumbs for us on the trail of fulfillment yeah. to look back and say, why did we remember this one little thing that happened to us after the, the myriad of things? If you think back to, at what was the first memory you have of money? What was the first memory you have of a relationship? Mm. What was the most joyful memory you remember as a kid? What was the most painful memory? And then you look at it and say, what was it about that that I need to remember today that I needed to learn that was there for me as a part of my life's journey and life fulfillment. And it can provide a lot of value for you in this moment to go back and look at those things. Great stuff. Uh, if you guys got Instagram out there, you can follow Jason Picard at Jason Picard official. 
Jason Picard official is where he's at with his Instagram. So you can follow him. Uh, all right. Let's get to the sunshine news. Are you ready, Victoria? Yeah. All right. I'm going to be. Here we go. Oh, is there sound? Guess not. <laughs> no sound, baby. Okay, well, we got no sound. This, this is a uh, part of what happened this morning, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll watch it. See, we'll do some music ourselves. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. No, please don't. Um, I'll have to go back and, and fix those. Got Jaren laughing in the background. Consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks, thanks, Jaren. All right. Well, that's not as m much fun without the music. Music gets you in the mood here. You know. Yeah, I know. You like the that techno, thing techno music. On? Yeah, no. get you in the club. Listen, I was told to make this short and sweet. So. All right. Well, here's Victoria and the Sunshine News. Without the music, this is kind of awkward. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I can start off like this. <laughs> All right, guys. It is Sunday, June 18th, and um, we are in our 169th day of the year. 169. And 196 days left. 169 and 196. Mm. Interesting. Those numbers are backwards. <clears throat> 25th Sunday on the 25th week of the year. And 91st day of spring, which means we have, drumroll please, three days left until summer. Mm. So close, guys. What is that, on the 20th? 21st. 21st, if it's three days, and today's the 18th. Um... So, a father is someone you look up to, no matter how tall you grow. Is your dad taller or shorter than you? He's, uh, I think we used to be, he used to be a hair taller than me, but he might be a little bit, you know, about my size now. Yeah, same size. Yeah, when you get older, you, you kind of, a little bit, yeah. You know, gravity takes its toll. We just saw him <laughs> yesterday, but I wanted to see if Greg pays attention yeah. at all. So... In honor of Father's Day. Let's put up this picture. Sure. Look at those two. Handsome. <laughs> I will tell you, Austin's cuter than Greg, but. <laughs> Especially with that haircut. I, I know. I know. It's great. Um, this is from a friend's wedding not too long ago. What was that? Um, I don't even know. Uh, last summer? Was yeah. it? Was it already that long? I yeah, think so. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. So I guess it was a while ago, but still. Um, I, I enjoy this picture. I was actually in it, but I cut myself out because this is about Greg. <laughs> Father's Day, we honor the roles played in the family structure and society. The day recognizes not just fathers, but the father figures in our lives. There are the men. These are the men we look up to who set solid examples for us and guide us throughout our lives. While the mother is the nurturer, the father is the one who helps set structure. Mm. Because I think we have devalued fatherhood in our country, we've taken what it means to be a man and characterized it as a toxic instead of a celebrating the type of righteousness, masculinity, and femininity um, that God has designed for our men today and in general. And that is being lost in society. What easy way to destruct society but to take the masculinity out of, out of the man. Yeah. And God designed the family to have both male and female parents for a reason. We need to be doing more to celebrate the different roles we have and the beautiful way God created them to complement each other. 
I want to celebrate my husband as a father for the best parts of who he is. And he definitely doesn't hear it enough. And I'm sorry. The day-to-day -day just helping to keep the house running, the bills paid and the meals made, often gets the most of our time. As a result, I often forget to tell him how much I love, respect, and appreciate him. And that is, of course, my fault. I need to spend more time telling him, but this shorter segments on our sunshine news <laughs> is one way to remember that being Austin's dad is exactly who he's supposed to be doing things his way even maybe especially when that way is a little different than mine <laughs> <laughs> or even Austin's mother <laughs> yep. I don't always remember to tell you just how much I appreciate the father you are not only to Austin but to my two boys as well Father's Day is always challenging because you hate being celebrated, but the expectation for dads have never been higher, and you are kicking ass. Oh. <laughs> so today, I want to tell you all the ways you are getting it right with our boys, and Austin was both the child you were most prepared for and least prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Very, very true. All right. Thank so you. So moving on. You're thank welcome. you. Thank you. Thank you. National Calendar Day, we have, of course, Father's Day. Uh, National Go Fishing Day, which is perfect for a Father's Day for people who like to go fishing. Um, I always found it kind of weird um, in the dating scene of men holding up their big catch, but I know there are men who like fishing, and yeah. if you like it, go fishing with your child today. Greg That's not, true. Greg is not one who no, likes fishing at all. not a big fisher. I used to go fishing. I don't like to put the worms on the hook or anything, but <laughs> I'll throw it out, cast it, Catch them, and then somebody has to take it off the hook. That's about as much fishing as I'll do. Gotcha. <laughs> it is National Want to Get Away Day. With the summer travel upon us, National Want to Get Away Day celebrates the freedom to, well, get, get away. away. National Splurge Day encourages us to break out the rainy day funds and spend a little. National Sushi Day for those who love their sushi. National Turkey Lovers Day, not so much for Greg. And International Panic Day, just chill, be cool, don't sweat it. It's um, today's a day to let's call attention to the condition and learn how to condition um, can mean two meanings to panic. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Moving on to our good news. This right here? Yeah. Um, just recently, I don't remember the date, but it was a couple days ago, a New York State trooper was shot during a normal traffic stop on I-88 in Schenectady County, which is very close to home for us. A New York State trooper was shot Friday morning during a traffic stop on 88 in Schenectady County, according to state police. Authorities said the trooper was conducting a routine uh, traffic stop on the highway in Duanesburg at 11.11 a.m. when an occupant of the vehicle opened fire without exchanging words, striking the trooper um, in the left upper arm and shoulder area. The trooper identified as Richard Albert, was hospitalized in stable condition in Ellis Hospital in Schenectady and discharged. Assigned to the Colville Skill Interstate Patrol, Albert stopped a silver SUV that was traveling east at more than 100 miles per hour. When Albert approached the vehicle, a passenger reached out of the driver's side window with a gun and fired at him. Wow. Yeah. The driver of the passenger tractor trailer assisted the police in what was a critical moment 
he actually pulled into the car so that it couldn't take off. The oh. fact that this truck carrying all this wood, I mean, that just makes me think of Final Destination. But somehow he knew, saw, heard, I don't know, in the heat of the moment, because this happened, I mean, you're you're going 55 yeah, miles split an seconds, hour, right? right? Like, yeah. he must have saw this happen, saw the cop get shot, and was like, what do I do? And he just pulled right over in the middle of traffic and stopped the car that stopped, uh, that shot the trooper. Amazing. Um, the shooter fled into the woods. Uh, Nelson Trouch, T-R-O-C-H-E, 32 is connected. He um, tried to escape about 90 minutes later. Was located in the area of Darby Hill Road in Dwaynesburg with a self-inflicted gun wound. He was taken to Albany Med where he was pronounced dead, unfortunately. Um, every time we stop a car, go to a complaint, we know in the back of our heads that this could happen. Um, in the statement released Friday afternoon, state troopers... Association President Charles Murphy said the incident demonstrated the dangers that the police officers face on a daily basis. Our thoughts and prayers are with the trooper Richard Albert, who was shot by the suspect during the incident, and we are thankful that he is expected to recover from his injuries. Um, so that was it's an ongoing investigation, but I found that to be like a a miracle in the moment that that truck driver was able to just help. Yep. In a split of a second. Be, be a, a hero in the moment. Yeah. That he never knew was coming. Absolutely. It's hard to do. Yes. Yep. Um, definitely. So, in the end, no funny videos. Short and sweet. Have an awesome Father's Day. All right. Hang on one second because I wanted to play a little music while we did this. Oh, you want to play music? I could try. We can do this all to end once. my sunshine news. All right, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Do the best I can. Yeah. I got to reload those. The computer lost them. All right. It kind of matched. Consciousness. <laughs> Spirituality. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not the same song, Jimmy. Not the same song. All right. Thank you, Victoria. You're Very welcome. good. You said short and sweet. That was Yeah, no, that was, that was fine. Yeah, absolutely. It was what we needed. Good. What we needed. All right. So we're back and we're going to have a little bit more conversation. Just let us know. I don't know when you have to go there, Victoria. But uh, it is 11 20 ish, 18 20, yeah. whatever. And so. That Soon. I'll yep. just okay. slip away. You'll see the screen and I'll be gone. <laughs> He'll be gone. All right. <laughs> you uh, have a three screen prepared. <laughs> yes, I, I will figure out something. All right. So uh, here we are back um, from the Sunshine News. And, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, many things. But when we look at life right now, the way we live, where we are, you know, trying to figure out, like, what we're meant to be, what we're meant to do on this earth, um, you know, having this consciousness that nothing else on earth seems to have, right? We're able to reflect on ourselves. We're able to learn from things and, and revisit them. We're able to go to the past. We're able to go to the future in our minds and figure things out, manifest, all that type of stuff. Um, what's, what's your best guess of what we live in? Is it 
Is it a simulation? Is it a uh, a place that we are like a, an educational school? You know, what are we doing here right now, Jason? Thank you for that. What a great segment of the news too. That was fun. <laughs> nice Thanks. to take a little break and listen to some cool stuff. So, well, it's a great question. And I mentioned my teacher, Jeffrey Armstrong earlier. And one of the things that he told me was that we're not actually in a universe. We're in a university mm. <laughs> okay, that we're actually words. here to learn. You know, if we look back, we talked about those painful moments in our life. And, and if we, if we took it from the perspective of, Hey, we're not here necessarily for all of these things to be super easy and just smooth. But if we look at it from the perspective of the soul, that's on a courageous journey of growth and discovery to find out who we truly are, that those kind of painful moments that actually bring us into more awareness of the truth of love and the truth of who we really are and what we need and what we stand for, that those moments are actually growth opportunities for the soul. And research shows that it's actually not those happy moments that actually bring us life fulfillment, interestingly enough. It's not the easy win. It's actually in the moments when we push ourselves three to four percent, some kind of you know level over our comfort zone, that that's actually where we get life fulfillment. If we're going to play somebody in chess that is a beginner and we're a master and we're just going to wipe the floor with them. That doesn't actually really bring us any <laughs> sense of happiness. But it's in those moments when we challenge ourselves, maybe play somebody who's slightly better than us and then win or lose. We realize that we learned something, we grew. And it's in those moments that we feel fulfillment ultimately because our soul is here for that. That's the, the inner part of ourself that feels that richness because the soul's whole purpose is to grow and to, and to discover. Mm -hmm. And from that perspective, I look at us as infinite players of life. You know, life and learning and growth is a horizon point. As soon as you think you get there, it actually moves off into the distance. <laughs> that it's about the love of playing the game. It's the love of figuring out the puzzle and the love of doing what we love and and constantly learning and growing and ultimately that's why i i think we're here is to have that perspective and to participate in the game of life in that way um you know it's easy to to say this is all an illusion but ultimately it's the illusion <laughs> It's what we have and, you know, to throw it all away and to forget our uniqueness and our individuality to say, oh, it's all an illusion or it's all just one or it's all just nothing. You know, that may all be true, but, you know, when you move into adulthood, you start to be able to hold multi-phase logic, you know, yes and thinking, yes and both, none, wrong question, all of these possibilities exist. And, you know, I believe that, yes, it is an illusion. Yes, we are all one. Yes, it is all none. But at the same time, we're all individuals. And what I found is that the key to, to being abundant, even the key to being wealthy is recognizing your own individuality and the importance of that. 
that there's not any other person on the, in the history of the universe that has your exact fingerprints. There's never going to be another Greg. There's never going to be another one of you that has the same mixture of the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, space. There's nobody that's going to have your childhood dream, your parents, your experiences, your traumas, your desires, your fantasies, your flirts, your moods. You are a unique individual. And the universe put you on this planet for a purpose of experiencing Gregness to the fullest. And the more you can learn about who you really are, the more you're actually doing the whole universe a service because that's a part of the collective that is now known and understood. And in business, it's absolutely essential that you do this because nobody else has your unique skills, gifts, and talents. And to, and to the degree that you can bring that out to the fullest, you actually become indispensable because you now have something that nobody else has and, and you're needed uh, by your employer, employer or by the market or by your customers. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Jason. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. Sure you're finished. Um, you know, I could go on. I could go on for. I, I hear you. <laughs> go on forever. Explaining, I get into, explaining I get life. Again, the flow. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, when we talk about, you know, if this is an educational school, and we're all just kind of swimming around, bouncing off one another, trying to figure things out. Um, why are some people so much further ahead than others? Why do some people just get it immediately? Or some people are very aware right now that maybe came out of COVID, very, very aware. But some people don't. They just continue down that same programming. Like, um, what do you think's going on there? Why is there such a gap in some awareness? Stuff like that. I think if we, one of the problems we have is that we live in a one lifetime worldview. We believe that this is our only shot at it. We have 70, 80, 100 years if we're lucky, and then we're in eternal heaven or hell forever. Does that, I mean, to me, that just makes no sense, right? I mean, so when you hold a multiple lifetime worldview, you start to realize that there's this thing called karma, that there's cause and effect, and that we're all on this really infinite journey, and we're all at different stages of it. Just because somebody is 80 years old doesn't mean they've had, they don't have the wisdom maybe in this lifetime that a 14 year old has, or they don't have the past life experience that any one of us has. So we're all on our own unique journey. We're all at different stages of it. And we all actually have to honor where each person's at and what we're ready for. And, you know, Osho has a great quote about you know, he, he, he says to students, he said, do you like to be woken up at night when you're dreaming? And they, they ultimately say no. And then they say, well, neither does anybody else who's, you know, basically sleepwalking through life. Everyone's just comfortable and where they're at and people don't like to be shaken up and they don't like their, their belief systems to be challenged. And, you know, everyone's at a different stage. In fact, yoga teaches us that before we get a human body, they say we have eight million different lives as all the different varieties of species. And so that when we see a bird or we see a, a bee and we see beauty in the animal, we're actually remembering our own birdness 
our own beingness, our life as that animal. And then they say we have 400,000 different variations of lives in different races and genders and religions and contexts as humans. And we're all going through this journey at different times. And so I think when you take that kind of perspective, it, it helps you understand where everybody's at a little bit better. Yeah, uh, Jaron, you want to take it away here? Uh, some comments? Well, I feel like uh, with Jason here, we can, it's like speaking a different language in English. It's like a language <laughs> we understand. Love it. Um, also, my, uh, my uh, doctor of health said, stand up, Jaron. So I listened to my body. and She told me to stand up. So there's an example of being in the moment and being influenced to pay attention and listen to what you're feeling and what you may need to say. So I just wanted to say that too as a little joke for people, but at the same time, it's moment to moment, right? And are you aware to see what you may need that you're not paying attention to? And why is that? Because we're lost in the karmic thinking and we're lost in the um, what was that's repeating itself. And that's a little bit of what we're speaking to with the karmic loops, which isn't good or bad. Karma isn't good or bad. A lot of people have a, a false, well, let's say a negative view towards the word karma, which simply means action when you get the Sanskrit um, baseline of it. It's just the, the foundational principle that every action is followed by an equal and opposite reaction. And there's good and bad to that. How do you build stuff? You sustain it through rep repetition and through consistent energy. And at the same time, though, how do you destroy stuff in the same way? But are you consciously doing it or not? Are you consciously getting out of the comfort zone or willing to walk through your comfort zone by transforming your own beliefs or your own self, you know, your own self in your beliefs, in your feelings, in your patterns, and willing to walk through that. And I think that um, that's part of life too. Right. That's one of the reasons for living. For me, it's primarily experience, period. Right. When people say, why are we here? It's like, well, there's a lot of different phrases we could give it, but it's for experience. Right. And inevitably, do you want the same experiences all the time and you want to be subject to your past interpretations, what you were conditioned into thinking and viewing as reality and what society's norms in the old earth institution, let's say, as we're graduating beyond it? told us what reality is. Do you want to stay stuck in that box? Because that's what it is. It's a cube. You've been stuck in a cube. Or do, and do you want to step out into your wholeness, into your quantum nature, and get into the sphere or the toric field of consciousness and elevate and ascend and transform beyond what you were before? And in order to do so, you have to have a conscious lens. And you have to have a feeling towards where it is the direction is where you're going and so the term lakshmi which i've mentioned before right the goddess of prosperity wealth abundance in sanskrit also one of the trinity goddesses right simply means goal oriented or moving in the direction of a dream and i think that's a key part to all of us right now is what direction are we heading we don't know how we're in the mystery of the allowing of the experience, but inside of us, do we have a direction in which we're going? And is our direction three or 4%, like Jason said, even beyond what we think is possible now and what we've experienced, you know, it doesn't have to be a thousand percent every second where you do something fantastical that's completely illogical and might blow up your life because you weren't prepared for it. 
But are you at the very least each and every day looking to evolve three to four percent? I think that's a good reference point for all of us actually thinking about that. It's like, can you go beyond where you were before? To do so, you have to debunk your beliefs and you have to step into your values and your integrity and your openness to transcendence. And that's scary for people, the unknown, you know, and the unknown isn't scary. And that's what it re in truth. We, we, we are scared of it, but that's not who really we are. So we want to be comfortable with what's unknown because that's the whole point of the journey. When you go on vacation, you don't go because you know everything. You go because you're exploring. And I think we need to explore again um, in consciousness and in experience to truly be and live what it's like to be this beautiful gift of being human. Not, get in the, not be in a box inside of our mental beliefs and inside of society's conditioning but to get out there like an animal but a spirit animal you have your spiritual self you have your animal instincts and then you have your mind story and you're you you're working in unison with all them as you progress forward but it's it's elevating beyond which isn't better it's not a better or worse it's just a new unknown and vibrationally higher and more expanded view of what's possible for yourself and then that inevitably is what manifestation is when you're consciously doing it. You're bringing the dream into reality. Well, you can't do it if you're afraid of it. And you can't do it if you're also um, not willing to go through your comfort zones. And that's what all of us are now rising to do. Walk through our comfort zones, have a general or specific direction in which we're heading, and then being in the mystery of learning and the mystery of making mistakes and the mystery of what the cosmos has to teach to us, which is a hell of a lot when we're willing to go there. Yeah, and uh, I love the the fact that you're talking about the box, right? We we put ourselves in a box. We we really do. We put boundaries on ourselves. We don't live that limitless life, right? We don't have limitless thinking, and uh, when we do that, we limit ourselves with walls all around us that we don't think we can we can operate out of, and uh, or it's very difficult to get us to operate out of. It's a it's a big change in our life if we got to go outside that outside that line, right? So that limitless mindset is so important and uh, really um, is able to get our expression out in every direction uh, that we feel like we want to do. How often do we walk into a public situation that we are we we just do the same thing over and over and over? We do the same act because we we're afraid to just be who we are in the moment. If we feel goofy in that moment, we're a little goofy. If we feel like we're um, uh, want to talk about uh, spirituality in a group that's all stuffy-nosed people, <laughs> then we do it, right? But what we usually do is stay in our box, stay in our lane, and we're, we're not courageous enough to bring that conversation out into that room. And so in that situation, if we were to go and paint outside the lines, sometimes we discover a whole nother world comes our way because we're pushing boundaries in ourselves and those around us. And it could be an amazing conversation, but we don't tend to do that. We're very uh, limited in our thinking and our, in our personalities for sure. Uh, let's get to the Greg Schumacher experience because I got I to gotta keep on trying to load your uh, your manifestation moment, Jaron. So we'll do that at the end. All right, Greg Schumacher experience right now. When we come back, we'll have some more great conversation with Jason Picard. Uh-oh.
No sound on this either. <laughs> oh no. All right. It's all on. right. Hang on. Let me uh, let me try reloading that again. See if it works. Sheesh. Today has been uh, quite the show, but I'm glad we could put it on the air for sure. Because uh, that was also got to have your clip with the music. Touch that's what and you're go. Doing here. Well, that's the the entire thing is pre-recorded, so I have to. Uh, oh, that's right. It has to be loaded here. Let me see what I can do for everybody. Helpers of technology, let's go. That's right. All right, let me reload this and see if it works. All right, let's try it again. All right. In 1988, Let's take a look at the movie Scrooge. I got into broadcasting because I like to give. Hey, that's my cab! Sometimes I find myself hurting from giving too much. Fire these people! It's Christmas! Bahama. You are going to be visited by three ghosts. Expect the first one tomorrow at noon. God, tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. Oh! I'm the ghost. <laughs> I'm the ghost of Christmas present. I had a funny feeling. I can't get the antlers glued onto this little guy. Have you tried staples? Don't you dare. <laughs> she made me do purees. Maybe? Yeah, probably. <laughs> May I? <laughs> Weirdest day! It's never too late. You can always change if you want to. I've never liked a girl enough to give her 12 sharp knives. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. Did I forget something, big man? God blesses everyone. All right, as we see here, one of my favorite actors is Bill Murray. He's been in so many classics and, uh, in this one, he delivers another great role. And the reason why I bring this up uh, in the Greg Schumacher experience is because I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from a, a fable like this. These, these uh, interesting unfolding stories of somebody who is a jerk to people, who is full of themselves, who is arrogant, who abuses their power, um, and they meet these uh, ghosts, one of the Christmas past, one of the present, and one of the future, they end up changing their whole attitude and their whole life and start living a better way, better direction, being kinder to people and kinder to themselves. A lot of times in our own lives, we are visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, the ghosts of Christmas present, and the ghosts of Christmas future. Although. It may not be on Christmas, it may be on any day of the uh, year. We are visited by 
something that reminds us to be kinder, to be better people. And, you know, karma visits, visits us often, right? We are sometimes visited by instant karma, which sometimes I'll say that out loud, you know, and, uh, and get a laugh. But, you know, sometimes you do something and then all of a sudden something happens to you. You're like, well, instant karma. Or we get this karma that unfolds in our life through the month, through the year. And, you know, as we act a certain direction, as we think a certain way, it doesn't have to be a bad person or being, we're intentionally being bad, but we're being unkind to ourselves, we're being unkind to others around us, we're taking out our frustrations, we're playing victims, we're doing a lot of these role-playing things in our lives that unfold into karma coming out. So as we start to discover ourselves, as Bill Murray did in this movie, you know, he looked back at the past, he saw what was going on in his life in the present, and then he saw bits and pieces of his future where he was going to be a lonely man, that he was going to die with nobody at his funeral, right? Nobody saying good words about him. There was a lot to this uh, heartfelt story that we could all gather and say to ourselves, where in my life can I improve? Where in my life is the past, the present, or the future teaching me lessons that I need to pay attention to in order to break barriers, in order to be a better person, a better, have a better future, have a better present, have a better moment. And usually when we look at those things, we see those things in us that we can change, that we can just do little details that could make a huge difference in our lives. So as we, uh, you know, advance in this world right now, in this kind of chaotic world, in this world where technology and, and, and all these distractions are going on, um, we are living these loop patterns and programs all the time. Let's take a look at ourselves in the mirror. Let's take a look at our lives around, our life around us and what the past, the present, and the future is teaching us. And we may see little things in there that we can improve in ourselves. Just moments of helping somebody, moments of being less direct, being less stabbing, you know, to people and ourselves. Remember, we are a reflection of ourselves. We are a mirror to ourselves out there. So be kind to yourself. Come from the inside out. Be kinder. Be gentler. Be more forgiving. Be more patient. And then be that way to those out there in the world that are doing the same exact thing to themselves. They are stabbing themselves. They are, you know, not happy with themselves. And they may take it out and may look like they're not happy with others around them, but it's really the internal that they are not happy with. So I love breaking these kind of movies down because we see these amazing lessons that we can learn from them and we can take away and we can really implement into our lives. Just the simplest little things can make a huge impact. So everybody, if you haven't seen the movie, the classic Scrooged with Bill Murray, go check that out. And if you haven't seen it in a while, check it out again with this little bit of advice, this little narrative uh, in mind. All right, everybody, this was Rise Studio G, bringing you the Greg Schumacher experience.
All right, we are back. That was the Greg Schumacher experience. Uh, Jason, you ever seen uh, the movie Scrooge? Uh, have you seen the Christmas? Have you? I'm sure you've seen the tale, the past, the the present, and the future. Goes. Yeah, of course. It's an amazing archetype, and you know it's really present in my model because what I realized on this abundance journey is that we often have the issue of looking up people's net worth online. Mm. How many of us have said, oh, how much does this person have? Or how much does that person have? Right? We, I mean, I know I've done it. I'm sure you have, you go online, you just Google XYZ's net worth and they give you some, some number, but is it not more important to know someone's net impact than their net worth? Shouldn't our lists be designed around what someone created in the world? What was their net impact? You know, it's not so important how much our wealth is possessed, but how well it performs. It needs to be looked at as an active process. You know, wealth sitting in a bank account in the Caribbean shouldn't be considered the same amount of wealth that's actually producing organic food or producing services that are making the world a better place, right? We should put value on those. And I think this really has to stem from, from us and what we value and who we think our leaders are and what we think uh, is important to us. And I think the Scrooge tale, while really funny and, you know, fun and cool to sing the, the music and all that, it's, it, it really does tell um, from, a, from an archetypal perspective that tale of, of net worth versus net impact and how fulfilling it ultimately is because you see in the Scrooge character how unfulfilled he was by having all the, the net worth and how fulfilled he was ultimately um, by using his rank, his power, and his privilege as a responsibility to empower others. Yeah, great stuff there. Uh, Jaron, anything to add? All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I enjoy doing those and breaking down movies because I think uh, a lot of times we miss a lot of the points of the movies or things that we can really learn from them. I love storytelling with human beings. I think storytelling is very ancient. We used to sit around fires and tell each other amazing stories uh, that would teach lessons. And I think we learn very well that way. What's your thoughts on storytelling, Jason? Well, when you go to see a shaman with any kind of ordeal, right? A health challenge. They ask you four simple questions. When did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop sitting in silence? And when did you stop listening to stories? So in the Native American wheel of the North, South, East and West, spring, summer, fall, winter, two-legged, four-legged, sea creatures and birds, the red race, the yellow race, the black race, the white race, the drum, the rattle, the flute, and the foot rattles. It's like storytelling is like a, you know, um, how imagine trying to make your way out in open sea without having the concept of south, Right. I mean, it's it's an essential it's in our human design. It's who we are. 
And it's what ultimately is needed to make us healthy is enjoying and telling stories. Yeah, there's some really great storytellers out there. I mean, I remember as a kid, um, my uncle would bring his guitar with him to family parties. And he would play some ukulele, you know, type, uh, you know, uh, songs uh, where you're y- yadling, and then he would tell a story, and it was the most fascinating thing for me as a child. And I was like, "Wow!" I think it just it just was so like um, impactful for me to see that you know everybody together around a circle, listening to him do his you know yodeling and his guitar, and then telling a story, and it was just like music, you know, and the idea of a story and the idea of community, it was like going back in time. And I could feel my ancestry inside of me activated in those moments. Uh, what do you think about that, Jaron? Music, movement, and mantra, right? Our M3s here, one of our, one of our M3s anyways. Music, movement, and mantra. And I love storytelling. You can learn so much from people's experiences. And it reminds you of your own and then you can extrapolate and, you know, and then um, understand and direct your own compass based on maybe what you learned through them that you remember in you now. Um, I, storytelling is super powerful. And I love the, that advice of the shamans, you know, when, where did you forget to dance or sing or meditate, be silent or, you know, tell stories and listen to stories. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, and how important is that to every day implement those four into your life, right? Those, you know, it, it, music is just something that we certainly do in our household, and I initiate a lot. I make sure that we have music going on, especially when we're cleaning or cooking dinner or whatever. It puts people in a different mood. It really does. They walk into the kitchen, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, and they just start singing with the song, and all of a sudden, they're in a zone, right? It, music does something to us. And then, of course, you know, movement, right? Whether it's dance or just moving around, doing things, right? During the music, of course, you know, times of meditation, times of quiet, you know, even to me, a nap, a a power nap, a 10, 20-minute nap to me is meditation for me. It slows my breathing. It slows my heart rate. It gets my mind to like kind of just absorb in the day and just start to really bring myself back into self. Um, And then... Uh, you know, the storytelling, right? Being around family, being around friends, telling stories, laughing. Laughter is one of the highest vibrations out there. Um, you know, Jason, you have a beautiful family. Um, we were graciously invited into your house and had a great time there. You seem to have a really good family dynamic. You have a beautiful place that you're building. Um, tell us a little bit about family first, you know, how important it is uh, to be surrounded by people you love and 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 do those amazing things. And then also, you know, the, 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 the geometry of what you did in your house and how you built it. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll start with the, the geometry. Um, so that's a little bit more complex. Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes family <laughs> life is, is challenging too. <laughs> maybe geometry is easier, but yeah, essentially I'm a student of biogeometry and biogeometry was founded by Dr. Kareem, uh, Dr. Ibrahim Karim, and it's a family business for him. He's been doing this for 50 years in Egypt or 50 plus years. You can listen to him on many podcasts, but Paul Check had two phenomenal podcasts 
with Dr. Ibrahim Karim on his Living 4D podcast. And essentially what Dr. Karim studied was that, you know, the Jaron has the uh, an ancient pyramid behind him. And what he did is he went around to all of these places of these, you know, power spots, these ancient sacred sites. He found archaeological digs where they'd go down and every time they dig another layer deeper, they'd find another artifact of another civilization in the same spot. They'd find a temple on top of a mosque, on top of a church. And each time they go down lower and lower, they find more and more civilizations that with all of the land possible, especially, you know, thousands or tens of thousands or more years ago, why did they put these things in these locations? Why did they possibly move stones from 100 miles away to a particular location to build a pyramid or to build Stonehenge or to build whatever or to build a temple or a, a sanctuary? And ultimately what he found was that it wasn't in the shapes themselves, that what the shapes did was that they amplified the energy of the earth in those locations. That when you have underwater streams crossing in particular patterns, they create these power spots, these places on the earth that are naturally healing, that have what is, what's called a centering or a balancing energy that no matter who goes there, it brings that person to their center. If they're hyper, it takes them down. If they're hypo, it takes them up. And it balances them out naturally with the intelligence of the earth and the frequency that the earth's providing in those spots. These are the same ways that he found that birds migrate across these lines, that animals will sometimes pass watering holes for many, many miles to go to a particular watering hole spot in an area that has this same quality. And when he went and he studied all of these various power spots, he recognized that there was a similar quality of energy that he could detect through pendulums and other subtle energy uh, tools that was the same at all of these different power spots on the earth. And he called that biogeometry three because it has three different qualities or three different qualities of light that he essentially was able to detect at, this ver ver at these various spots. And ultimately using that technology and using space understanding that we are our environment, that the shapes that we live in, the way that our electricity is harmonized or not harmonized, the way that our electrical cars work, that basically we've lost this connection to nature that has been really present in this, in this interview. We've lost that connection with nature. We make cell phones, we make electric cars, we make electricity in our house. We have all this incredible technology but we're doing it in a way that's actually detrimental because it's not in accordance with that ritam or that re or the, or the laws of nature. Even karma comes from the root word kri. It has that re in it, meaning that the cause and effect of life comes from are you going with the laws of nature or are you going against the laws of nature? Are you creating life in life or are you going against life? Are you with the light or against the light? And so essentially these laws of nature are essential. And what Dr. Kareem has been able to do is he's been able to, through simple shapes and designs, bring these power spots into our technology and into our home. So I designed my house under the guidance of Dr. Kareem so that every single aspect of the home's design was intentional in accordance with this biogeometry principles or the laws of nature. So finding the particular spot where we're going to put the house. What's the right orientation of the house? 
looking at the shape and, and the design of the house, the placement of the well, the curvature in the driveway, all of the building materials. I can go on and on and on, but essentially bringing the laws of nature into the home to creating my own power spot for myself and for my family to thrive in. And that's essentially uh, a very quick snapshot in biogeometry and, and, and how I've integrated it into my, my home life. Yeah, that's awesome stuff there, Jason. And uh, I, I loved uh, seeing it and uh, feeling the energy of your property. And uh, it's a beautiful place uh, up there in the mountains. And uh, yeah, great stuff there. Um, it, you know, if people want to find more about that kind of stuff, they can watch those podcasts with yeah, Paul or Jack. go to Biogeometry's website, or you know, there's a there's a million podcasts or YouTube videos out there. For sure. Yeah, great stuff there. And I think that, you know, we've lost, like you said, lost a lot of this technology that's so simple. It's it's there for us in nature all the time, but we're not watching, we're not feeling it. We're just, you know, going by the, the typical, put a box in the area and I'm going to live in a box. <laughs> like, And uh, there's so much more you could do to make uh, your property and your house, the places you live in, uh, your water source, all that stuff you can charge it with this amazing energy and this amazing harmony with nature. And uh, yeah. it'll be such a better place for your body. Um, I'm going to get to the uh, manifestation moment with Jaron. And then uh, we're going to probably go a little bit over, but uh, we'll, we'll try to finish up as quick as possible, Jason. Sound good? Yeah. All right. All right. I believe I fixed this, Jaron. So here we go. The manifestation moment with Jaron. <clears throat> So for today's manifestation moment, first of all, I like to feed off the show and I'll just say that I love this idea, this simplicity of the four doctors here, and, you know, going back to the doctor of health here, you know, in the moment I stood up, right? The moment I felt like I needed to move my body a little, you know, gently touch on my kidneys and my liver and my lower spine, these simple movements can help us. And I was paying attention to that, but what I also realized is for all out there. This is just simple application in my life. I was reflecting and saying, nope, that's not enough. I've been doing a lot of work and doing a lot of other things lately. And I said, I got to get down to the, my salt pool and swim after the show. My body needs some movement. And then I realized after that, I need to do some spirit to mind journaling, which is something I'm always promoting to you all. I need to get my spiritual, true, higher self to direct my feelings and my thoughts and become in alignment with my present self and what I, my intentions are. So I'll be doing that after I do my swim. Just ideas for people. I don't do this every single second. We don't need to obsess over manifestation, although it's great to have a regular practice of it. And we always say, the more you stay in the feeling of it and you do not get up by distraction, you stay there, the sooner, quicker, easier, and better, everything will be manifesting in your life. And I did this three weeks ago and magically the next morning everything took off so it's time for a little quantum thrust but it starts with my body she's telling me something so just as ideas of where we're all paying attention to now get into manifestation today i was going to talk about the hexagram approaching jointly which is so perfect that we ended up speaking so much about nature and cosmic harmony on this show and organic and natural infinite intelligence and consciousness that is everywhere in oneness and in uniqueness so Approaching jointly is so important for us, I think, 
in elevating our abilities to um, be at oneness and to intentionally create at a much more fluid and quantum, yes, relatively quantum level. Uh, the traditional and true I Ching is the book of transformation. Then it's had many different variations and spells put upon it called book of changes, right? And we've discussed this too. No, transformation is different than change. Change can continue to loops, the good and bad and the differences, but nothing really changes. We want to transform. We want to move beyond the form of what we were before. We want to transmute. We want to transfigure. We want to transcend an evolution. And to do that, to manifest, is really an inner transformation before the manifestation. So when you want something to, or you feel the urge to have something expand or evolve outside of you, then it starts inside. And inside, it does start with you. It starts with you and your true self. The true self versus the ego and collective ego that we speak of. I won't go into that now, but the true self and the cosmic helpers. So I'm welcoming everyone to invite in a higher version that we all are moving into of the recognition of our friends within us and around us that is everywhere and equal, that has unique, unique specialties. They're not special, but they have specialties to support us in the quantum reality and in our life journey and life experience that is inside of your body and that is outside. That is in your organs, your systems, your cells themselves, right? Your hormones, the entirety of your vehicle, invisible and visible. And it's also everywhere that you see it and don't see in nature, whether you want to look at guides, look at angels, look at galactic family, look at the elements themselves, which was mentioned today, earth, water, fire, air, and ether or spirit. All this is waiting and wanting to support you, but it cannot like it naturally would unless we're being natural and unless we're being our true self. So in your true self, in your intentions, here's a practice. Obviously, when we're looking at what we want, that's a phrase to create. Remember, we don't manifest what we want. We manifest who we're being, right? What we're emanating, what we're radiating in that moment, feeling like it's already occurring or anticipating that it's already on its way and it's all coming together, right? Aside from that, it's very clear to say, this is what I want, so I'm going to write it down. Use that. Do that. Right? That's part of it. Yes, this is your passion. This is your joy. This is your needs. This is what you can clearly see. But also, look at what you don't want in it. So a practice, okay, aside from just fantastically creating a dream that has no past, you're newborn on the earth. You just were born. Anything is possible. That's one practice, right? Go there. And then another one that looks at our major, major, major challenges, really looking at the obstacle, right? Those extreme versions, I'm going to go to the middle again and say something that you're progressing in. You have to pick something that you're progressing in. You have a motive and it's good. It's growing, but it still has its limits. So let's look at something that's, that you're ready to enhance. Look at what's not working. Look at what's not, you know, true for you. It's not elevated. It's not abundant. It's blocked or you don't feel comfortable in it in a good way. You know, whatever it may be, and flip it. Write down what's wrong, see it, flip it. What's the opposite of this? Learn through the contrast. This is now clear for me to see what I would want based on what I don't. So we add both of those 
elements to the manifestation. Clearly what I want, as well as what's not working, so I can clearly see it instead of avoiding it, and flip it. Then when we flip it, yes, it is true. You can, the human will, the spirit to human will can transcend all kinds of things, everything. It can transcend even karma, even astrology, everything. You have the capacity to create magic, let's say, in a vortex of energy, and then still go back into the to the symptoms and the situations after. You can, but let's look at true transformation, which is more practical and more long-term and sustainable for us is, I must transform this belief inside of me. I must transform this feeling inside of me. And yes, I am responsible for it. I'm not a victim. So I am responsible for this transforming of inevitably consciousness. Well, also the cosmic helpers are wishing to help me. So let me welcome in, in my intention, in my willingness, and in my commitment to the feeling of what I wish to create, while I'm in those moments of going vertical, as I call it, let me welcome transformational helpers. Let me welcome my body's support. Let me recognize the invisible, invisible help all around me. And let me recognize I am one with the cosmos, the true cosmos that loves me. And let's approach jointly together. It will happen naturally by you being your true self. When you're your true self, the helper of transformation immediately comes in, especially when we say the inner no, the no to the ego. You're already getting support. But let's ask for more inequality in friends with our body, with our mind, and with everything that we could imagine in faith and see them as an equal. They're not higher. Again, if you're viewing something as higher, you're not going to have the right kind of influence. That is not how evolution works, and you will get all kinds of dark spells in there. But they do exist, and they are here to help. So ask, but see it as an equal, but be willing and open to be receptive to the fact that you and everything that you feel, everything that you could possibly imagine is in support of you in your creation. And do that while you're in it, yes. And then when you're done, you're done with your practice, Journaling is just one way, but it's a definite way I recommend for people for practical kinetic transformation, okay? Your journaling practice. But when you're done, live. Drop it, but don't change the attitude. The attitude is allowing. The attitude is positively anticipating. And the attitude is everything is coagulating together for my higher good in a nonlinear format. And if I have to move through things of growth, I will. If synchronicity shows up, I'll listen. If my intuition kicks in, I'll go. If I feel inspired, I'm going to take action. I'm going to do it. If I feel like I need to communicate where I haven't before, I will. But in that process, you're in the mystery. You're in the unknown. And what you know is what is inside. You know that you have the support. And then we're recommending you know your cosmic human design because that'll support you in the quantum mechanics and a variety of other things along the journey to remain your true self, to remain in harmony with the cosmos, which ultimately also naturally allows divine synchronicity and divine elements of life and nature itself surrounding you to help you. You may even find out an animal helps you along the way, a sign on the window, a number code, a person, an intuitive spirit calling, a message. It can be anything, but are you in harmony approaching jointly? Because in the 
spells of the I Ching since it's been, you know, corrupted like everything else. And I say it in a pleasant way of the game. It's not approaching where it's all you. No, that's ego again. And that is a lot of work that you don't need to do. It is approaching jointly. And that includes the visible helpers, which is your friends and your tribe and your alignment around you. All as one, as a flock together is how we quantumly create. And that is your manifestation moment for today. All right. Very good. Thank you, Mr. Kenyon. We're here to close out the show with Jason. Uh, that was excellent. And um, yeah, you know, we also have to remember our no, right? To, to, when we feel a no, say the no, because a lot of times, what do we do? We, we, we give in, we keep going with it. We keep going with it until it gets to the point where we blow up and we're like, oh, I can't take this anymore. Right. So we have to, you know, cherish the no inside as well, which is hard to do. Uh, Jason, what's your thoughts on uh, Jaren's manifestation moment? What's your thoughts on manifestation in general? Hmm. Well, I just thought it was really beautiful. I think, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, as George Harrison says. So, <laughs> you know, ultimately, we have to really become clear on what our dream is. You know, we have to come, become clear on what's our North Star? What are we pointing to? What's our bigger why? Why are we doing this? What gets us out of bed in the morning? And then orient ourselves to that each and every moment. Um, that's essentially what I think is one of the keys to is to living a full life is to become clear in your dream, then to make it become a reality. And there's so many different tools that are out there. And Jaron really gave um, some fantastic ones. But the reality is, is that everything comes from our thoughts, our thoughts then create our emotions and our feelings and those create our actions in the world. And most of us are living in what I would call Groundhog Day, you know, talking <laughs> yes. about the Bill Murray movies, yeah. right? We wake up each day and yesterday equals today and today equals to tomorrow. And that's really essentially the definition of anxiety and depression. And many of us are, are living with what Dr. Arnold Mendel calls this mild chronic depression, where we're not clinically depressed, but we wake up each day and everything seems sort of flat to us. And we're just kind of have this. I don't know, this gray cloud that's kind of hanging over our head. And he attributes, he attributes that to essentially being disconnected from the dreaming process. And so I think essentially realizing that most of the thoughts we have, in fact, some research says that 90% of the thoughts that we have today were the same ones we have yesterday, and that most of those are negative. Most of us are asking lousy questions. We're saying, why am I not? healthy? Why don't I have love in my life? Why don't I have abundance? Why me and all these different things? But the reality is, is that the, the, our mind and our process works based off of, of a questioning process. So when we, when we think of what's to say, we've all had the experience of saying, we want to have a red convertible. We want to buy a red car or a blue car, or we want to have this or that. And then we go out on the road and what do we do? We start to seeing all of those cars everywhere we go. And it's not that there's more of them on the road. It's just that we've told our mind to pay attention to it. So when we start asking these lousy questions, like, why am I such a loser? 
which many people have these thoughts day in and day out, yet day after day after day, your mind then goes out and tries to confirm for you, yeah, why are you a loser? And I'll, let me show you the reasons why. <laughs> yeah. I'll point that out to you. <laughs> but when you wake up each day and you say, why is it so easy for me to feel loved? Why is it so easy for me to feel abundance? As Dr. Joe Dispenza would say, what's the greatest version of myself I could experience today? And when you open up to new possibilities and when you really focus on your dreams, you create new thoughts, you create new neural pathways. Those create more emotions and feelings, and those ultimately lead to new actions in your life going towards your dream instead of going towards your nightmare. So I think it's absolutely essential, and I think his approach is beautiful, and there's many different approaches that are out there. But ultimately, you know, engaging in life in that way I think is essential. Uh, beautifully said, uh, Jason. A great way to close out the show with such powerful words. Um, you guys can find Jason at jasonpicard.org or go to his uh, Instagram page, Jason Picard Official. Uh, go follow him and watch all his great videos out there. And uh, I'm sure we're going to do many things in the future with you, Jason. I mean, we could have an entire another show for sure and, and, and pick some good subjects and just go with them. And uh, I love the way you teach and, and the way your mind works. So great stuff. I, I really appreciate you coming on uh, with us. Uh, Jaron, any final words for Jason? Oh, I love today so, so much. It's definitely one of my most joyful shows that we've had thus far. And I appreciate you coming on, Jason. And I, so many synchronicities. And I love that last little one where you had to give a red convertible as a joke because I just recently manifested a red convertible when I didn't really plan on it. And that's what it ended up. <laughs> that's what it ended up becoming. So for those of you out there that caught that synchronicity of that example, I thought it was pretty funny because this was just last month that I, in fact, Ended up with a red convertible when I didn't know I was going to. So that was, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, Jason, any final words for our audience over here at Rise TV? Oh, just thank you so much. It was such an honor and privilege to be here. Yeah, anyone who wants to um, learn, my, learn, uh, learn more about my course, The Abundance Archetype, just go to my, my website, Jason Picard Official, and you could book a free discovery call with me and you can find out if it's a good fit for you and learn more about it. I also have a really powerful free document on there called the eight keys to greater wealth and well-being, which you could download for free. And even if you just followed that alone, you'd probably get a lot of bang for your buck of, of things you can do today in your life that don't require any more of your time, energy, money, or resources. And you could follow me on Jason Picard official on Instagram, like Greg said, and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to witness your transformation and participate in this uh, rising up together. So thank you so much. And I uh, hope to see everybody soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, guys out there, please uh, like the uh, Rumble page, like our show, because uh, Rumble is a little bit difficult to grow on compared to YouTube. So if you can share it around, if you like the show, share it around. If you uh, like the show, give us a thumbs up, please. And uh, Wednesday night, we'll be back with the co-manifestation and co-meditation event called School of Ohm. And those are free and live at 9 p.m. Eastern time zone. And then also next uh, Sunday, we'll have the, uh, the the certified health nut on with us. So we're gonna excited for that. So thank you so much for joining us. And again, go check out Jason. He's a real genuine dude and he's gonna really help you in your life. So jasonpicard.org and also on his Instagram page. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us and we will see you on the next Rise TV. All right, bye everybody. <laughs>